Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrew, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Chris Ragg and Nick here of Aleph Insights, and this week we're discussing American football. So unusually, I'd like to start off with this one. Um, and so the reason I want to talk about this is is recently I've been watching um, quite a lot of American football, finding out a bit more about it and kind of reacquainting myself with it. And this is just because there's a whole bunch of documentaries on Netflix and Amazon at the moment. And you have just been to the United States of America. Well, and that was like the nice icing on the cake yeah. of it all, you know, that the sort of, you know, filled it all out. Um, and as I was watching... Um, especially the behind the scenes element of the sport it just got me thinking about well why is american football like it is mm. now some of the stuff i'm about to say might sound a bit moany but actually what i want to state is actually i i quite liked it i found myself sort of really getting into it and there's elements of it i i really like okay and um so yeah so the things that really struck me about it is is first of all i found uh, it really legalistic and technical um and so there's just seem to be so many rules um and um and the and the and the tactics in the game are just it just seems massively tactical more than or more overtly tactical than in other than in other sports okay it's Second, almost like a board game I think. yeah yeah and, and there's not much room there's not much flexibility it seems to me um also it seems to be quite self-obsessed and this goes back through to the tactics i've talked about it sort of it just seems to be endlessly looking in on itself and um self-involved um also i think it's really it's quite easily digested or or it's it's there's lots of quite instant gratification um and so the plays are really short and there's and it's lots of um spectacular stuff happening again and again really quickly and there's lots of points scored and there's a whole lot going on let's say um so yeah for an observer it's there's a lot sort of to sort of to um be satisfied by quite often um also it's really loud um just the players themselves are loud um but also behind the scenes you know and they strut about a lot but behind the scenes there's a lot of rhetoric going on mm. as well um which i guess leads into i find the whole thing quite overblown as well so you've got each match um is quite a spectacle you know you've got cheerleaders you've got insane amount of coaches on either side <laughs> you've got massive amount of referees there's something like 15 referees knocking around the place wearing weird, and they, bizarre and they, clothes. And, and the a number lot of players as well. It's high, it, highly, highly specialised. You know, yeah. there's one guy who comes on just to kick a ball. Exactly. Highly specialised. Also, and the classic stuff we like to moan about in England, um, all the helmets and the padding, like... Do they really need them? Yeah, and the ad breaks. Yeah, uh, well, another thing that apparently. okay, lots of ad breaks uh, and lots of room for ad breaks, and also even stuff like their draft system, which is a huge thing which happens once a year, um, and it's a spectacle. It's a thing in its own right. Mm. Um, there's lots of and there's lots yes, of noise. The, the around whole it. of the US becomes momentarily a communist nation when it comes exactly. to the draft. Exactly, oh, this redistribution of resources. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and then also just in a more broader sense, culturally, I've talked about like the the, the rhetoric. But also there's a real sort of narrative of self-improvement and it's quite emotional. Um, and also it's very uh, domestic as well. It's, you know, there are very, very few players who uh, are not American and playing in the NFL. Now, you're, you are just going to go on forever talking well, about I'm this. nearly done. I'm nearly so done. I'm going to interrupt done. you with the question. Wait, I'm nearly done. I'm nearly All done. Right. Um, extremely patriotic, very religious. Um, so that's kind of all bundled up and yeah maybe i've got a question i don't know what my question is but go with your question well no i mean i think i think you what you're getting to there what you're displaying is a natural tendency that we have 
to read into the microcosm of sport, mm. to read a lot about a nation, or at least to see some nice parallels. And it's very tempting, not just in the actual, just thinking about the, the, the specifics of the game, but also the exceptionalism. Exceptionalism. You know, exceptionalism. America plays sports that only it plays broadly. That's not true, actually. Not quite true. I, I'll get to that in a minute. But uh, And it's tempting to see in that a reflection of the US exceptionalism as a whole. It's very tempting for British people to look at cricket and say, well, isn't this, you know, there's something about the kind of uh, the long termism and the stoicism and the lack of emotion that people display and, and, and the, the sportsmanship. behaviour, yes. Exactly. Um, and the sort of us against them. And of course, you know, that's the basis for that. Uh, was it? Uh, I play on, play the, on or whatever. And play the game. Yeah. Play, the yeah, analogy play up, between play up, yeah. You, yeah. between the, uh, yeah. yeah, between the, between the, the sporting field and the, and the battlefield. And, uh, you know, people are forever looking at the way that, for example, the South Americans play football and seeing in it a kind of the evidence of Latin spontaneity and that sort of thing. Now, is that true? That is what we want to ask. Well, let, is let, it true that sports tell you something about the country who plays them, um, or is that just a you know natural tendency to find patterns where there aren't any? And, so uh, yeah. the answer is yes. Well, let me hold up. <laughs> I have. I want to be more specific. There are yeah. at least three questions here. Yeah. I, I think three nested questions. One is: Are the rules that the game, uh, the rules of the games that nations like to play, indicative or related to culture? Right. So is it the fact that you actually look at the actual game? Number one, is the, is there something about the actual game of American football which is somehow more American than, say, rugby? Mm. Then is the way it's played, right? So the the meta game, the the do how do people you know are people sportsmen like? Yeah. Uh, do do um you know what is how is the game presented? What kinds of the sporting culture? Does, well, yeah, and that, but then separately, I think how fans behave as well and the the fan culture which of course is something different so you've got the on the pitch and you have the fans you've got the you know the famous played by thugs and watched by gentlemen mm. um you know uh, so three things yeah so the game itself the way it's played and the way it's watched i think they're three things that we i've i've tried to gather yeah, data about to see whether i can make any sense of this claim that you are going to find out something about culture. Before I go into that, it might be interesting, given that Chris uh, is about the only person here who knows about sport, uh, yeah, whether I mean, your feeling is that yeah, this well, makes any sense well, as a claim. Yeah, my, my sense is that um, certainly at some point there was, you know, I think of sport the development of sports obviously the victorian era was the golden age of the codification of of sports right it was when lots of the rules for these was things it when got, william got webb ellis picked up the ball yeah. well quite so that kind of thing but but a lot of the public schools were the were the place where the where the sports were codified right and, and why, so why the, didn't I'm, i still don't understand when i was at school if i picked the ball up everyone told me it was a handball and it was a foul why didn't that happen to William Webb Ebbett? Well, I, there, I, there's, there, that creation myth, I think there's a yeah. lot of a lot of sort of the historical accuracy. As though of, nobody of had ever thought to do that <laughs> yeah. before. Well, no, quite. And in fact, if you think about where football comes from, football comes from mob football, medieval mod football. Which was largely football, carried. Which, which, exactly, where the ball was largely carried and there was no particular rules, lots of fighting and, you know, no boundaries to the pitch yeah. and so You'd on. You'd have to get it to um, the old mill by, by right. lunchtime. When, so, you know. so, yeah. At some point, sports started to be 
properly written down. I mean, even, you know, even when you look back to um, ancient Greece and, you know, sport as a sport as a virtue and the Olympic movement and so on, there was a lot of irregularity in those in those competitions, you know, what javelins were used and how far was run and all of those kinds of things. And it was really only at this this period of, you know, kind of the, the, the 19th century where everything was was documented and um uh, uh, you know specified so i i think from that period onwards you then you then got um you know a lot of sports that were created by britain and spread throughout the, the british empire but then almost like um like you know the way marsupials evolved in in the antipodes you know you've you've got the same kind of thing going on with american sport i think so there was a largely british society but one which didn't want to be influenced by Britain at that at that time in its in its history, and was also cut off by distance and you know um, uh, so on. And so, almost like you know, Australia was was kind of developing its own species of yeah. sports. Uh, well, time, I guess they is, have Aussie rules football, don't they? So. Well, the Australia, yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. But, but uh, this is why I think American football is particularly interesting because yeah, evolving it, is the way yeah, you but said. But, but yeah, but it, Chris is also suggesting it's just. I mean. You know, it's an accident of history that they were codified one way and we were codified another I, I, way. I think that was true at the time. You know, whether whether the continuing insistence not... Because other sports, you know, other, other places had their own uh, sporting cultures, but they absorbed and integrated other sports and, you know, made them, made them their own, you know, a la, you know, South America and, and, uh, and, and association football. But I, I think there's also worth looking at other you know other ways of breaking sport down that aren't just about um the culture of it but but are perhaps a, you know like taxonomies for sport and and maybe more mm. objective ways of of looking at them so like american football one of the key striking things about american football is that it, it is a sort of it's made up of discrete plays mm. you you have a thing and then it breaks like tennis right? you have a point it's quantized <clears throat> yes exactly uh whereas um lots of other sports are continuous you know mm. and, and it blurs into it so you might blow the whistle when it goes out of play but generally it's one big mass of constantly evolving correct thing yeah. and it gets more and more complex whereas american football and baseball uh yes no exactly yeah um so 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 there's that element and i don't know whether that has a cultural aspect to it or not but it's certainly a distinct feature there there are things like um sports that are uh, um uh, skills based you, you know versus something that's predominantly athletic so if you think on one end of the spectrum like snooker you know where it's highly highly skillful but not much physical element versus something like you know long distance running where clearly it's all you know. Yeah. You can either run or you can't. And have you not, not seen the physique of those darts players, though? <laughs> yeah, well, quite. They're striding yeah. colossi of men. <laughs> um, you then got team versus individual sports, and that maybe is a key cultural component. Um, and then you've got things like you know, um, sport being seen as a substitute for war, like invasion games are you know field hockey football rugby you know we'll do that instead of sport versus sports that are actually training for war like archery, archery. javelin yeah. equestrianism Fencing. wrestling martial arts yes all of these things which Tiddlywinks. are about so you know one of them is about biathlon uh, uh, that's the weirdest sport in the world well, it is, it is. Um, but one of them's about you know not uh not having to do war because we do this thing instead the other is about 
we're going to have war at some point, so let's practice and let's make the practice fun. Yeah, you also, um, you haven't mentioned the sort of, uh, whether the tasks are symmetric or asymmetric. And, um, you know, with although you might have teams, the extent yeah. to which you have the whole team operating at yeah. once or in turn. So, so batting versus exactly. fielding. Exactly. So, so in, yeah, you've got, so you've got obviously football and stuff, which is team v team uh, versus um, tennis, which is a one person versus one person. And then you have, you know, yeah, exactly cricket and baseball where you, where you effectively have one guy versus the rest the opponent t- opposing mm. team and and their tr- their tasks are totally asymmetric yeah. you know, bat- batting is nothing like fielding so i think those are all sort of dimensions which you can you can park sports into into boxes and but but i don't think that um that nations at least uh, at least i'm going to posit the hypothesis that nations don't go oh well we're a kind of we just like you know we're a sherry kind of country you know a communist country we like team sports and mm. uh ones that you know are highly rule-based and where the referee has lots of control or something i i don't think that's the case so so from that sort of more objective breakdown of sports i don't think it's easy to say oh well america has all of these kinds of sports because it's it's got the full the full yeah. range, but so there is a quick there's a quick way of sort of there is a kind of shorthand you can no do quick here. Way of doing it. There's a, no there's a shorthand where you could go to some analysis, which look which is to look at what is, which sport is most popular. Yeah, I've done that, um, done and then that, analyze from quick. there. You're saying like it's easy to do that. It's yeah, not a, easy. No, there's no, there's no another, because you're not having to wade through all these other sports. Yeah, there's another one no, which there, which, there aren't which, any I, other which I which I missed, which is um, sports which have um, a sort of objective way of measuring success versus sports which have a subjective way of measuring sports so sports that are judged versus sports that are is ballroom dancing a sport (sighs) yeah well no but i mean things like diving and gymnastics and boxing to some extent when the Mm. person isn't knocked out they have elements where you know a judge has to make a i went to see the heavyweight boxing during the london olympics i had no idea what was going on yeah like you would get one chap beating the crap out of another chap, but the other chap would win. Yeah, I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, it was yeah. baffling. I was expecting it to be like the Rocky film, and you know, and for someone to land a massive punch and knock yeah. someone out, but that just was not That's like that. Probably because one of the guys was just wheeling around, yeah. just kind of hitting his shoulders, and the other guy was, you know, accurately could picking be, off. could be. I have to say, I wasn't. I, um, I still don't. I read a lot about the scoring system afterwards, and I still didn't yeah. understand it. Yeah. No, okay. Then. So look, where are we? I mean, basically, well, you, you kept you you alluded to what someone would have to do to find out if this was true, and I kept trying to tell you, I've done it. I've looked well, at it. Well, enlighten us. Yeah. But what are the most popular sports in the world? That's the first question we're going to ask, and the answer is football. Yeah. Basically, every country. And by um, football, you mean proper football? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to fall into the trap of referring to soccer as football because we uh, sort of football <laughs> soccer because we all know uh, we all know it's not the uh, yeah. So you have um, uh, essentially uh, all uh, every country likes uh, football with a few exceptions. Um, you have cricket in the British colonies, so that's India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Australia, New Zealand. Mm. Um, American football mm. uh, only the US. Ice hockey, big in Canada and Russia, Russia Finland. and America. Yeah, Finland. the most. This is the most popular sport in each country. I don't know quite how they work this out, but and the interesting thing is baseball. Not Venezuela, the most popular. Venezuela. But I would what I would Cuba, ca- Cuba. what I would categorize Japan. as the American colonies, uh, yeah. Philippines and mm, uh, yeah. Taiwan, uh, Japan. Yeah, uh, basketball. Now this this one surprised me. It's big in Greece. Greece. European. Yeah. Actually, it's the most popular sport in the Philippines okay. and. Latvia and Lithuania. Yeah. Then you have um, now Austria and Estonia. What is their favourite sport? 
Uh, so it's is it curling? Are you going to say it's not downhill skiing? Aren't it you? is downhill oh, skiing. Okay, right. uh, but they're the only two countries. And then there's there is actually one uh, country whose um, top sport is not is not association football, but another kind of football. Um, uh, New Zealand and rugby no. football. Is it? Yes, yeah, must New be Zealand, true. New Zealand and rugby. Is it, that's true. Yeah. Um, I'll give you a clue. It's quite near to the UK. Uh, okay, oh, Gaelic, Ireland. Gaelic football. Yeah, Gaelic football. Yeah. So, and then, so that's step one, is who plays what sport. Uh, it's very hard to get data, actually. It's very hard to even think of what data you would want. Um, then you've got a question about measuring culture. Now, here we've got to bring in Heert Hofstetter again, because he's the guy. He, I, now, I'm not signing up necessarily to, you know, 100% support of exactly how he's done it, but he's the only guy who has done it, so fair play to him, um, which attempts to measure uh, the cultural dimensions which describe a country. And they include things like, uh, so power distance, which is how accepting you are of, of inequality, uh, individualism, um, masculinity versus femininity, uncertainty avoidance, so the extent to which people are comfortable with ambiguity, mm. long-term versus short-term orientation, and um, indulgence versus sort of restraint. So it's quite an interesting approach. And he, they're, they're, unfortunately... When and he, he applies this to sports? He does not. However, oh, okay. I have. Okay. I've attempted to do so. Not, I have to say, using anything other than eyeballing some graphs. But uh, mm. uh, then I got some data on Olympic medals. This was my attempt to work out roughly how sporty a country was. How much does a country care about sport altogether? I've tried to look at, um, uh, with, with a, you know, I'll also add in de facto national sports when it's not the same as a national sport. Uh, hooligans. I was interested in that side of things. Who are the particularly bad hooligans? Again, no data, but I've looked at a few articles and noted countries where it's a problem. And having looked at it, now, small sample problems abound here, right? Because basically, if if it's not football, hardly anyone plays it. So you're looking at, you know, 10 countries or whatever, at the most, who play cricket. Um, uh, so I basically, there isn't much correlation between anything. But the total sportiness measured by olympic medals is correlated with individualism i found what's this. our question i've lost sight of our question what is the connection between culture and sport i've told you about how to measure sport i've told you about how to measure culture what bit of that don't you understand okay you're waffling on about all this other stuff right go the for other it. stuff the other stuff <laughs> being about sport and culture that's what i'm talking about right go for it go on god listen granddad if you can't keep up you know <laughs> start making notes individualism is slightly is slightly correlated with the number of olympic medals won by country so basically the more individual now that could just be the olympics because they're kind of generally more individual sports but uh you know interesting nonetheless there is a slight negative trend between individualism and playing football so football playing countries on average are slightly less individualistic than non-football playing coming and um a, a slight negative trend between long-termism and football um so uh is, the, is so what there now, so those countries that are more individual is there a sense that they're more on or in general more economically successful than now so what i need to say here is we are talking about associations yeah and really they are almost certainly caused by third variables here so you know looking at the cricket playing countries for example um there, there is higher uncertainty avoidance if you if football is your biggest sport than in countries which play cricket but the countries which play cricket are south asian so that will almost certainly dominate. 
Um, the one country, for example, that plays American football the most mm. is very high on individuality. Mm. Now, that doesn't tell you, but it's a small sample problem here, yeah. you know. Um, the three countries that like basketball the most are very low on individuality, but two of them are, are Baltic states. So that's telling you more about Baltic states. What I'm saying, I think, is that we can't pull much out of the data. And well, I don't think I'm going to go much further than that. I, I mean, I, I, you're gone. Well, what I was going to say is this is where... So um, I'm, I'm saying we don't have evidence to support your claim. Okay. Well, what I would say is you're using the wrong analytical tool, which is you're trying to use an analytical tool. Okay. Well, so, so we should just use intuition, which, yeah. as we all know, is so much more reliable. <laughs> no, but look, look, no, look, I'm sorry, but you're really going around the house. In on order this, to check whether your intuition you're... is reliable, have you subjected it to your test of whether your intuition agrees with that? <laughs> Your intuition but, is marking its own. Hey, listen, here. listen. It's, you're just going round the house on this, and you're going, and you're going. You in in in. This is the cognitive engineering podcast. Um, okay, name a name a name a hypothesis, a specific measurable hypothesis, and I will tell you that I have not found evidence for it. Okay, no, but listen. So, I I give you the Fraser hypothesis. Yeah, and go indeed, on. I already started out with it at the beginning, saying, look, you're saying America, said, no, American right. football is really American. Let, well, I'm going to tell me, you why it's not. Let me speak. Okay, so all those things that I noted. Um, about American football yeah. lead me to, to sort of think, okay, well, look, the things that I see um, in American football, nah. I see in American society. No, no it's confirmation now, bias. No, let me finish. Let no, me it finish. is. Let me finish. Yeah. And so I, I know what you're saying, that I'm projecting, there's confirmation bias, et cetera, et cetera. Confirmation but bias. But is, isn't there, for example, if we look at... Um, um, the American election system, okay, for a presidential election, right. okay, and how massively complicated that is, and all the all the the massive interest in the country that that generates, um, and all these different steps that they so on. To me, that looks just like American football. It look, also looks a lot like the draft system, for example, for American so, yeah, football. But so, I th- so, so I want to hear from Chris because, yeah, well, I think just yeah. to sort of test that hypothesis, uh, there are a couple of things. The first is, are you, uh, are you? are you definitely not uh, subject to confirmation bias? So, for example, something which is very un-American about American football, which we talked about earlier, was the draft pick system. Good point. Extremely, uh, you know, redistributive system. Um, Also, the... um, the sort of idea that um, you, you know that it is uh, about your position within the team, uh, and so that you um, you know it's a very sort of selfless sport. Some players are there just to protect somebody, somebody else. It's almost like a an ant community sort of uh, uh, concept. So you know there are, there are a few things which spring to mind which which might pick yeah, up. But, but specifically, however, however, um, when you look at environmental and possibly cultural impact on sport, it's I, I think you can what what probably would stand up um, uh, is is if you say things like where there is a culture of a particular sport being popular and where that that sport is part of the culture it's more likely for that sport to be uh, to continue to to exist and to become more popular so if you think about um kenyan middle and long distance running right and Mm. and ethiopian middle and long distance running and it being very very associated with um particular geographical regions and that's led to a lot of investigation into the genetic component of of endurance uh running and so on um but but what is definitely true is that the incidence of running 
in those areas has gone up since you know Kip Kano and so on came to uh, came to prominence and so you've got a hell of a lot of run you know there's a lot of running going on in those those cultures and it's and it's part of the uh, part of the culture what they're not doing you know is um is other endurance sports right where they might be equally genetically predisposed if indeed that that is the case like cross country skiing right there aren't loads of kenyan cross country skiers so there's obviously some interaction between cultural reinforcement the the societal environment and the physical environment you know because if you're not in a alpine nation you're not going to be skiing and if you're living at altitude you might do endurance you might be better at endurance events and so on um and that that has a has a sort of reinforcing event and that sometimes we probably do express our culture through sports so if you look at you know the munich olympics right you know there there is a nation explicitly if you look at the soviet program if you look at american olympics you know look at the 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 olympics of the 80s which were boycotted and not boycotted clearly there's cultural expression through sport right but whether whether culture defines our sports is a is a more difficult question so uh the answer is can we tell something about a country from a sport the answer is yes not well you can't i don't i don't think you can tell anything dominating dominating any explanation is going to be a combination of history and economics uh, and and possibly environment for the in the case of skiing, but I mean you know this is why you get people doing. Uh, you're also not going to find people playing you know lacrosse very. Oh, well, lacrosse is a bad example, but doing Formula One. Yeah. In a poor country. Yeah. Mm, you know. That's right. So uh, we need to wrap up there. Actually, um, we're we're a fair way we're through. Um, let's see where we go with this. What sports don't exist but should exist, um, and actually. There's a kind of precedent for this where a sport that doesn't officially exist has gone on to to, to become a thing, which is, um, what's it called, uh, where you, they, they play it in PE classes in America where you throw... Dodgeball. Dodgeball. Um, yeah, my, my kids That's going to that. be an Olympic sport. Um, yeah. it's, it's on the kind of on the trail to Made that. up, a made up sport. Right, there we go. Yeah. So a couple of things that spring to mind, um, and I think I've talked about one of these films before, but anyway, there's, I think Death Race 2000 was, was you this. Gonna, yeah, you're going to mention Rollerball. Rollerball. That's, 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 that's a sport. That now, Rollerball. You watch Rollerball, you think, why doesn't this exist? Yeah. And, and so the other one I want to mention is Rollerball, um, which I think that could really attract um, some sort of a great following. Uh, Nick? Well, I was just thinking about blending some of these things we were talking about in a way that hasn't been seen before, which is the, take the kind of the, the quantized approach of, uh, of, of cricket and remove that, to make cricket continuous, right? So it's basically people just throwing the ball whenever they've got it. They can throw it at the stumps. And the... And the and That's the, quick cricket. Is there is there such a thing? Uh, they teach it in schools, yeah, where basically you you hit it and you run, and if you're not back again, you get bowled out, provided they hit, hit the. Yeah, that is, thing, but yeah. there isn't such a thing as overs and and that kind of thing. Uh, you're you're not, just literally everyone works, everyone but... is is able to get the ball if they can, yeah, and yeah, they can throw point. at the stumps, and it's three hundred and sixty degrees, five days of and this permanent... guy, yeah, and the guy, yeah. the batsman is going to be constantly kept on his toes, but. Um, uh, yeah, I, you probably give them more lives or something, you know, but it basically a continuous form of cricket. I think, you know, yeah. that would be kind of interesting. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Continuous cricket. We're going to just continuous to make sport continuous yeah, yeah, to, yeah. for extra fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris? Well, so for me, so obviously now you're getting more and more computer game uh, sports and computer game competitions, you know, people being good at computing. I got no interest in computer games whatsoever. Um, so that 
doesn't particularly interest me. But what I like the idea of, it may exist, but um, what I really like the idea of is augmented reality being combined with sports ah. so that you can sort of, view, you know, people doing something fantastic. You know, you could have like a dragon riding competition or whatever cool, it might yeah, might be, yeah. you know. that. Um, so you've, you've got some sort of sport which is where you are doing things which only you can you can see but it still involves human athleticism and so on um yeah uh, but yeah that's i like that approach a bit that's like good. that program nightmare yeah exactly yeah. yeah well i mean of course we haven't touched on esports we haven't mentioned them at all but they are bigger than real sports i think yeah. these days so you know if you add in sort of people watching streams of people playing games computer yeah. games and stuff you're right. That's a whole new direction we haven't. We haven't. Really I remember there's a friend of mine who's very into football who said, uh, "It's ridiculous, you know, that people sit there and watch someone playing a computer game." Well, that's exactly how I feel about people watching football. So, you know. Um, okay. So great. Uh, let's stop there. Uh, thank you as always for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. Been here with Nick Hare and Chris Rag of Aleph Insights. Until next time. Goodbye. Mm-hmm.